Previously on Snicktoons, my sister Ariana returned for her third appearance on our show and helped me break down X-Men the Animated Series Season 3, Episode 3, The Phoenix Saga, Part 1. So go back and check that one out if you haven't already. A couple of things, though. Uh, due to some technical difficulties, some user error, uh, when I released that episode last week, SMS 30, uh, when I released that episode, I accidentally used the uh, first half audio for next week's episode. It wasn't until uh, sometime on Sunday that it was brought to my attention, and I was able to fix that mistake. But if you listened to last week's episode on either Saturday or Sunday, and you ended up hearing the first half of the episode with Ryan Sanio instead of my sister, uh, just know that I have updated that episode and uh, go back and listen to the first half, that first conversation that I had with my sister before we got into our episode breakdown, because it is some really good stuff. And of course, uh, next week will be Ryan's full episode, both the first half and the second half. So for those of you who were listening and thinking, what the heck is going on? Uh, that was some user error. So uh, hopefully we won't have that mistake again. Uh, either way, uh, I am here with a new special guest host for today's episode. Uh, we'll be talking X-Men and then, of course, breaking down X-Men, the animated series, season three, episode four, Phoenix Saga, part two. All right, Bub, as you heard at the top of the show, I am back with a returning special guest host. I'm super excited to have this guy back. I had him on pretty late in season two uh, when we were covering that a little while ago, and I just had such a great time chatting with him. He's a great guy, and uh, you know we've kept up our discussions outside of X-Men stuff on Instagram, and it's been a lot of fun to get to know him, and so I wanted to bring him back as soon as I could, so... Welcome back, Kurt, to Snicktoons. Hey, Ryan, what's up? <laughs> Not really a whole lot, man. Uh, I had a good time with you last time you were on, and uh, it was super interesting to hear your slow, I guess, like slow ramp up into becoming an X-Men fan, because it sounds like when you first heard about X-Men, you didn't quite jump on the bandwagon. Uh it, <laughs> You were talking a little bit about how you were kind of an image guy and you were a little bit contrarian when it came to, you know, Wolverine being the best there is at what he does. Uh, but I know that, you know, since then, your X-Men fandom has has blossomed at least into a working knowledge of the X-Men, uh, at least to where you have like legitimate opinions. So let me ask you, in the interim, since last time you were on, have you been up to any kind of X-Men fandom stuff? Um, not a whole lot. Uh, the, 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 uh, the most I've done with uh, X Men fandom is listen, listen to your show. Um, <laughs> Acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've watched I've watched a couple movies when I've had uh, when I've had free time. I watched I went back and I watched uh, Deadpool. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I've watched uh, what else? Um, oh, uh, Days of Future Past. Like that's oh, nice. 
I don't know how, but that is like my middle daughter's like her favorite movie. She she wants to watch X Men or like that's how she wants to like suck up to me or whatever. Like if she wants my <laughs> if she wants my attention, she's like, Daddy, let's watch uh, we watch X Men, let's watch this. It's like oh okay, all right. I I can't argue I like the movie a lot. I I love it. It's probably my favorite X Men movie. Um, nice. Yeah. So uh that's about it and then um uh the the prep work for this show looking into uh when we first started talking about this a few weeks ago I was man like it it, it ruled my uh it ruled a couple nights for me trying to come up with a good top 5 <laughs> um I, I wanted it's t- it, man that's a tough that's a tough thing you know you don't want to be you don't want to be stale Mm-hmm. with it and then i don't you've already done some good ones um so yeah that, that, that was a tough one and then i feel like hey this this one was was good i feel like i could do better with this i feel like i could come up with something uh something uh, uh a little bit more off the wall or creative like the last one we did i i was really happy with that Nice. Yeah, you can see yeah. why I, uh, I I try to let the guest come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's real. That's smart on on your on your behalf, right there, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes you guys think you're special. You're like, oh wow, he's entrusting me with this really important thing. But but really, it's just I I don't want to take the time to figure it out. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, man, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. Um, yeah, that first one came. That, that first time came came real easy to me. That was something that I uh, that I, I love talking. Man, I I love talking about like speculative, like stupid stuff like that. That uh, that's fun. That's a lot of fun for me. Um, yeah. it's like your personal like what if storylines, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. I I love doing the speculation. I love doing the like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if? Like, I I love those kind of conversations. Like you said, it's a it's a really great insight into like the the personal tastes of the person who's who's giving you their ideas. Um, and then of course you get to bounce your ideas off, like kind of like we were doing before we actually started recording this episode when we were talking about uh, you know, Deadpool three and a potential villain for that movie being Mojo. And then yeah. just the spitballing that we got going back and forth, talking about what we would do if if Mojo was the villain, you know. Just I, I love having conversations like that as well. Yeah, yeah, and I I love um, yeah because I've been I've been a, a comic fan for my entire life, um, and well for I'll be forty this year, so since I could read, I've been reading comics, um, and the speculative stuff for me it. it it plays into like my knowledge and my, my history with the medium. So all this useless knowledge that I've, I've um, been studying for my life, like now I I can put it to use and it's, it's like a lot of fun to do. And then it's, it's fun where I, it's fun for me where I could make up these like ridiculous storylines. And then I could, I could sit here and argue with you or somebody else, like why this make why it makes sense for maggot to show up in the next, <laughs> in the next black Panther movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm still looking forward to that. I don't know if you, if you saw it, Kurt, they, uh, um, Marvel legends, the, the toy line from Hasbro, you know, the, like the six inch scale, uh, yes. Like superposable action figures. There's a new X Men wave hitting stores 
I, I don't know if they're already out because um, I don't necessarily collect the the general X Men stuff. Like I'm working yeah. on uh, pre ordering all the like animated series ones that they've been coming out with. Uh, but yeah. in, in this current wave that's coming out, there is a maggot figure, and it's got like he's got Eenie and Meenie, and he looks he looks really cool. Like he looks like an awesome figure. And I saw I'm like, oh man, I should send this to Kurt, but I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that thing looks awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to. I <laughs> the only Legends uh, figure I have is uh, is a Dazzler, a loose Dazzler figure. So. I I guess I I love I'm in love with Maggot. I'll have to I have to pick this one up too. <laughs> oh man, Maggot and Dazzler like these <laughs> these are two X Men characters that for me are like at the bottom of my list, uh, or or I guess the top of my list of characters that I I don't get the hype. So <laughs> yeah. So so what about Dazzler that like works for you? Because like for me, she's just she's. She's not a character that I'm interested in, like, at all. Like, what is it about her that stands out and, like, makes you such a fan of hers? She's, I I, I see her as, like, I don't know. She's attractive and kind of ditzy. That's, <laughs> that's, right. the way, that's the way I see Dazzler. Um, <laughs> so, like, she's she's got my vote. I don't, I, uh, honestly, I don't know, man. I, her character, she's, um. She's kind of like the she's like the reluctant superhero. Um, she just wants to like play her music, be left alone, kind of. I guess it, it all depends probably on the storylines and stuff. Um, but that's like the way I see the character is like she just she just wants to play her music. She just wants to play her her pop or disco, whatever it is. She wants to do that, roll around on her roller skates and. <laughs> And that's it. She doesn't. She doesn't have time for this mutant life. Um, then that's like the the characters I kind of. I think that's the the, the characters I kind of uh, am more attracted to. Um, I don't know. It's something like that. I don't know that it, it hits home, but it, it just kind of. It, it's a little bit more intriguing, you know. Um, like what would you do if you what would you do if you had what would you do if you had her superpowers like they're they're like ridiculous like what what can, like what heroic things can she really do with them you know like not I don't know not a whole lot like she's kind of like she's she's not the the world's uh, worst X Man because there's uh, there's a there's a series and uh, and he's got the worst mutant. Uh, power ever, but Dazzler's not too far behind, right? <laughs> oh uh, man, I always I always forget about worst X Men ever. Like uh, I I feel so bad for Bailey Hoskins. Like uh, <laughs> the kid just wants to be a hero, and and oh, a mutant power. What what is it? It's like his mutant power is that he can blow himself up one time, and and then he's yeah. dead or something yes. like that. Like yeah, gosh, that sucks. Oh man, dude. <laughs> That is like, man. I was thinking, and it's like for our top five. I had to make sure like it was like not, um, not miniseries because that is that is like one of my favorite stories. <laughs> like not even X Men related. Just I think that would be that might be in my top five favorite comic stories I've ever read. <laughs> I love that, and it and that kind of it kind of ties into like what I was talking about just a few minutes ago with like just like a like your own personal what if 
because if you if you read that man, he, that guy explains like he there's a there's a chick in there that's got a mutant power that like she resets the universe or whatever, and I want to say it's like issue two or issue three. It's worth a few bucks. It's 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 not a junk issue, um, because it's this this girl's first appearance where she she like resets the universe every five years or something, and they make a joke about it in the issue. <laughs> um, but it's like like this guy explains so much, and it, it was like beautiful. Man, I forget. I think that guy's. Uh, I think he's a musician. The the guy that wrote that series. Yeah. Once at once, sorry. No, was it uh, Gerard Way? Was he was he the one that wrote that? I don't think it was Gerard Way. Okay. No, because I because I've looked for that guy's name. Like once I read that, I'm like, oh my god, this they, they got to be giving this guy the reins to the to the X universe like, <laughs> next because this series was awesome. But he hasn't written much, at least at the time. He he didn't write much after that. I don't know what he's done since. Um, in the past few years, but, uh, but man, I love that series. And it was, it was great. Like the, the X-Men characters, like the, the regular X cast that they had in there was good. And, um, yeah, man, it was a fun series. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I don't really have much love for maggots. I just, uh, I just was, you know, like I, I, my, my love for him, I guess kind of just stems from, trying to fit the X universe into the MCU and <laughs> like in my head I think you I th- I think you I I think it has to be done like without the Fox stuff but I guess they're in, I don't know what I haven't seen um Doctor Strange yet so I don't oh, know yeah. what, no, what they've either. done um what they've done or haven't done but I I just think in my head I've eliminated like 90% of what's been in Fox. Um, <laughs> so then like, so then how do you move forward with that? You know, with, without those characters. And I, I felt like, man, he's, he's a perfect fit. And then especially after, um, uh, after Panther dies, like it, it's, it's even more of a, a fit for him to come in. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I did. I did stock up on on, uh, on maggot first appearances, like the past few conventions I've gone to. You you could easily find those in the dollar bids. So so I have I, I probably got about ten dollars invested into maggot first appearances, man. So so when that so when he hits, I'm I'm going to the bank. Nice, nice. Yeah, if you've ever spent any amount of time on like X Men Twitter, like there are a lot of maggot fans out there too. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, when when he finally makes his appearance in the MCU, like you, you should be set for a pretty sweet payday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard that. I'm not on Twitter, but there's a there's another podcast I I used to listen to a lot, not so much anymore. Um, it was an interview, comics interview podcast. I forget the name of it. Um, but uh, but like one of the guy's best friends is like a a big maggot fr- uh, fan. So like I you'd hear about it a lot if you. If you listen to that uh, that podcast, <laughs> and here I can't remember it, but um, I'll I'll put it in on the on the oh Discord. That's the, what I was just trying to. Think oh, yeah. I'll put it I'll put it in the Discord. Nice for this. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give it a listen. Yeah, maggot. I'm, 
I remember like I was collecting the onslaught, like the, the, the prelude to onslaught, you know, and he just like randomly shows up at like a bar in like New Jersey or something. And his, his maggots are like eating a, they eat like an old sports car and everything. And I'm sitting here like, who the heck is this guy? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, where did yeah. he come from? Who is he? And then he, like, just kind of went away. Like, he showed up and was like, hey, I'm a mutant. Nah, you know what? This kind of sucks. Like, I'm, I'm heading back to South Africa or, or wherever it was that he's from. It, it, like, never to be heard from again. I mean, he, he crops up every now and then, but yeah, I just, yeah. I don't know. Like, may, I, maybe people think that, like, Eni and Meanie are just, like, really cute. And so they, I, they just like having Maggot around because of that, but I, I don't know. Maybe, you know what, man, maybe it's like, maybe he's the new Wolverine. Like, you know, Wolf, <laughs> well, Wolverine was great. Like, when you when you didn't know anything, like, when when he was, like, this man of mystery, you didn't know, you didn't know anything about his past or nothing, and you're all uh, this guessing game. And then, like, once you start finding stuff out now, he l- loses some of his allure, right? Um, or... So maybe that's maybe that's Maggot. Maybe he's he's poised to to jump in. Oh man, fill those, and, fill those shoes. And and one day they'll do Maggot Origin, you know, and it'll be this super divisive, <laughs> and it'll turn out that like back in like 1875 there were these three mutant caterpillar things, and then they ate so much that one of them turned into a human, and that's Maggot, you know, like some just crazy off the wall weird thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's the new Wolverine. Jeez, <laughs> we have to re- rename the podcast "Talking Eeny Me." <laughs> oh man, that's great! Nice. And then I'll have to pretend like, oh, I've loved Maggot the whole time. Like I remember when he first showed up, he was cool. Yeah, I liked him before liking Maggot. Was cool. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Oh man. All right. Well, uh, we had talked a little bit about uh, worst X-Men ever and, and various spinoffs and all that. So, I mean, I think we could just dive into the, the our top five because I'm I'm kind of looking forward to this one. Um, I think my list is not going to be surprised to anyone and it's going to be like, paint by number for me. Uh, but I, I know that your picks are generally like just off the wall outside the box. So. I'm really looking forward to hearing what yours are. So why don't you introduce the topic since you're the one that decided it and then get us kicked off, Kurt. Hey, all right. So we have top five X spinoff series. So not mini series and not, um, not the two main ongoing. So that would be uh, not uncanny or, Adjectiveless or new, because I think new and adjectiveless they were the same, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same numbering. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So anything that was uh, that wasn't a mini or those two. And for my number five, we touched on it already. It's Dazzler, and I have to be honest, Dazzler only makes the top five, so I could because I know how much she irritates you. <laughs> she, pro- she probably would have been uh, relegated to an honorable mention, but I just ran- really wanted to talk about her a little bit more. And uh, I wanted to say that, can you believe, and I'm thinking that, I don't know what, what, where, where the fan base lies with you, if it's, uh, if it's, if it's um, with, your, with your podcast, if it's 
just the TV show or if it, if it, if it goes into the comics at all. But of all the mutants, I believe Dazzler was the first one to get her own series up to issue 42. Her, she had her own series that ran for 42 full issues. Can you believe that? Not, it, not Wolverine, <laughs> not, not anybody. Like, she was the first one that got to that point. It's crazy. And so, like, I, I flipped through. I, you could easily, like, pull them up on the phone or whatever, right? I, this is the most research I did for this show, too, by the way. So... I went into my long boxes and I pulled out my stack just to just to kind of refresh my memory on this stuff. Issue number two, last stand in disco land. How could you put that one down? Number three is Enter Doom. Number ten is Enter Galactus. She's battling Galactus. Dazzler versus Galactus. Come on. Um, uh, 15, 15, we get uh, Sienkiewicz, uh, early, uh, an early cover. 15, 16, and 18 is like early Sienkiewicz, like before he has like his, his I don't know what, man. If he has a like a like a mental breakdown or like he like something, because there's a big change between 15, 16, and 18, and then when he comes back to the series. But then issue number 20, you got J.R., you got a cover by – John Romita Jr. and John Romita Sr. Oh, wow. Number 22, you got Old Lady Rogue on the cover. Uh, 27 through 35 is when you got Sienkiewicz covers again. And, man, these are some of his best covers, I want to say, ever. They're beautiful, especially number 33. I want to try to post that one up on the Discord because everyone's got to check out the cover to 33. It's Dazzler and Chiller which is a thriller uh, homage, and it, that's, that is a beautiful cover. And, like, looking at these, man, I, I, I spent a few minutes just, like, just staring at these covers. They're beautiful. And I see, like, 27, 34, and 35, man, it looks like I, it looks like Phil Noto. If you're familiar with Phil Noto, I, I – I like. I want to seek Phil Noto out at a convention and ask him if he looked at these covers because man, it they look. It looks like he's been just regurgitating these three covers on every single cover he's ever done. They they, they look like his characters, um, and I, I bet Sinkevich was long before Noto. I could be wrong. I'm not sure, but yeah, it looks like Noto took a, a huge influence from from these covers. So, uh, but that's it. I guess my my number five is Dazzler, mostly for the covers and because she's got a forty two issue run. That is impressive, and and, and I have <laughs> to say, like I I pride myself on the fact that I've read a lot of X Men. I'm 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 by no means an expert. I've not read every X Men ongoing and mini and one shot and annual and 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 all, and all that stuff that's out there. But I feel like I've read most of the relevant X Men stuff throughout like especially the Claremont years all the way through the 90s and from like 2000 to now like I feel like I've read most of the the important stuff but I I can honestly say that I have never read a single issue of that Dazzler run and it kind of sounds like I've been missing out I don't know that you have I think you could look at the I think you could look at the covers and be okay with it I think you'd get the gist 
<laughs> Honestly, but but like you're you're you're. I think you're not wrong with the way the major, the vast majority of comics or X fans feel about this character or the series. But isn't it wild that this series lasted forty two issues? I can't. I don't know if any series today lasts forty two issues. Let alone a series about Dazzler. I can't. It it like blows my mind. And I bet, like, it, and now we're like going like deep comic stuff or whatever that people probably don't care about at all. But I bet you like issue forty two still sold more than like like ninety percent of what's on the shelves today. And and <laughs> you probably couldn't find anybody that's read that issue or has it. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. Like the number one comics that sell in like present day sell like a hundred thousand copies, you yeah. know, a month. Like I remember a few years back where there was like a Black Panther relaunch that, that launched with like a new number one, and that one did like a hundred and thirty three thousand in in that first month, and it was like the number one selling comic of the year. And and like they just comics just don't sell as much as they as they used to. And I don't yeah. know if that's because people are buying digital and like those numbers don't don't count or because people are buying trades. And so those numbers aren't counted towards like the overall sale. Like, I don't know what the deal is, but it's just like single issues nowadays. They don't sell like a fraction of what they used to. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, that's man. We could do a whole nother podcast on on theories about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I like it. Dazzler, the ongoing uh, number five X Men spinoff. I like it. That's that's a good choice. Um, I have to admit, like there, there's a I, there's a time. I think it was during IVX. So Inhumans versus X Men. It was it was a, a mini series that I despised for so many reasons, but there were a few cool parts in that series. And one of them was like the white queen and storm put together like a mutant strike team to attack the inhuman Royal family. And I believe they, they used dazzler against black bolt. And, and what they did was black bolt. Like they got, uh, Dazzler and, and Black Bolt like in a room and then we're like, haha, we've got you now. We're mutants. And, and so Black Bolt, like, you know, his power is to, to speak and it creates like destructive force, like this really loud sound. But then Dazzler's power, she turns sound into light. And so she like reflected all of his sound back at him in this like, so like th- just this ridiculous light show that it like made him go comatose. Because the, the the display of the light itself was, like, so overwhelming that his mind just shut down. And I was like, yes, like, yeah. take that, you inhuman jerk. Like, I, <laughs> I, hate, I hate the inhumans. Yeah. Um, I hated them long before IVX. Like, they're just, I, whatever. Like, people out there like them, so I'm not going to rag on them too much. But I don't like them. And I loved it when when they did that. I was like, yes. <laughs> they're, they're just cheap X knockoffs. <laughs> Like, they used to be their own thing, but, like, they're definitely, in the last 15 yes. years, Marvel is like, oh, hey, you like the X-Men? Have you seen the Inhumans? Yes, yeah. I have, and the X-Men are better. Like, period. <laughs> like, Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we've all seen the Inhumans, and nobody likes them. <laughs> yeah. No, thank yeah. you. There was... 
that was a, a good a good part with her. The uh, I think we talked about it last time too. I think I brought it up. The only other, the my favorite part uh, with her in the in the comics is uh, is the MGH part where uh, where she was the one that they were they were stealing. Uh, I don't know. They were stealing her blood or whatever to to make the MGH drug, and uh, and I forget who broke her free. But they, uh, whoever it was, they broke her free. I want to say it was Mystique that was holding her, and uh, and when Dazzler becomes free, like she knocks her out or something, and I don't know, she like she had like a tough a tough girl moment or whatever, you know, like oh, if you thought I was soft, you have no idea what's coming to you or something like that, you know. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, but it was a it was a really cool scene. I I like that. Right on. Okay, I, I, I'm a little bit more warm to Dazzler now. I think that you <laughs> you helped me turn the leaf. I beat you down enough. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, Dazzler. It's fine. It's, it's, she's a she's allowed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um, so jumping into my number five, um, I'm going to go with X Factor. Uh, I know there's been different inter- iterations of X Factor. Uh, my my favorite is probably the the original Peter David run from the early to mid '90s. Um, those like 20 issues that he was on the book, uh, and it introduced the new government team that was like Havoc and Polaris and Multiple Man and Wolfsbane and Strong Guy, and then like Quicksilver came in. Like those those 20 issues, it was like 19 or, or 21 issues, something like that. It was only like 71 through 90 or 92, I think maybe. Um, but it was phenomenal. It was uh, unlike any other X book that was on the shelf at the time, and not like I really remember because I was like six. But uh, like going back through and, and rereading that when I was going through my whole you know X Men read through in, in close to chronological order. Like just getting to that particular run was so refreshing and so fantastic because it came at a time like right after Claremont left the X-Books, which is a time of, you know, a lot of turmoil and and what have you. But Peter David on X-Factor, he just brought this this like unheard of charm to so many of these characters that up to this point were, were mostly just crapped on. Like Havoc didn't really have any good moments up to X-Factor. Polaris was always abused at the hands of the writers up to that point. You know, Rain was like always the most timid of all the new mutants characters. And, and here she had this ferocity to her. Guido got to finally step out of like Lila Cheney's shadow and like be his own dude. And he's just like, so hilarious and like irreverent of everything that's going on around him. Um, I really enjoy like a lot of the uh, like political humor that, that Peter David puts in. There's a lot of satire on like both sides of the early nineties political spectrum, which I appreciate. I just love that. And, but I mean, even, even the stuff that came before, you know, like all the, the Louis Simonson stuff of X factor when it was still, the original five X-Men, uh, like the, the storyline where Angel becomes Archangel, like that's still one of my favorite storylines of all time. It's just like those three issues, uh, where, where X-Factor has to go up against death and apocalypse is there. Like just like those three issues is enough to, to make X-Factor one of my favorites. And so, um, I'm just saying just X-Factor volume one as, uh, as my number five, um, X-Men spinoff. Nice. Yeah, that's uh no argument with that. That's that's a great pick right there. 
for all the same. I I love that. That's uh that's the in that run. That's where we get um the. It's not infamous, right? Because infamous is bad. But the famous, I guess, the famous uh, scene where they're all sitting with uh, Doc um, Doc Savage, not Doc Savage, Doc, uh, Doc Samson, Sam- Doc Samson, yeah, Doc Samson, Doc, uh, Doc Samson, and they're uh, they're all sitting in the in the chair and they're all bouncing uh, back and forth, right? And then we get that. Is it is it is it the volume one or volume two where we get um. We get Quicksilver talking about why he's so angry. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. It's it's that issue. That's the issue where where he goes into it. Um, Doc Samson's like, you know, how are you? Yeah. How are you functioning on the team? And he's like, yeah, you know, like whatever. Like as far as teams go, I I guess it's fine. Um, and and he just kind of like slowly lets his arrogance out. And and yeah, Doc Samson's like, why are you this way? And he gives this speech like. Have you ever been behind someone at the ATM who doesn't know how to use it and what should only take, you know, two seconds ends up taking minutes because you're at the mercy of someone else's like ineptitude? And Doc Samson's like, yeah, I suppose, you know, that in that situation, I, I would get frustrated as well. And Quicksilver's like, yeah, that's my entire life, dude. Yeah. Like anything that you're any problem that's that needs to be solved, like. I'm not necessarily the smartest guy, but I think it's super speed. Like I've already reached every conclusion that we're going to reach. And I have to sit around and wait for everyone to catch up with me. And he's like, and so that's why I'm a friggin' jerk. Cause I don't have time for this crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, and we'll see later on. Well, we'll see soon enough that I don't, I don't have a much of a memory for things, but, uh, but like that thing sticks out like that made an impression, you know, all these years later. Oh, yeah. A, a, yeah. Great pick. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so then I guess my number four uh, moving on to, to back to me. My number four is Exiles. The mm-hmm. uh, Judd Winnick, Mike McCone uh, started that series. We have uh, we have Blink in that. And actually, I pulled. um I had uh, I had a prop and it doesn't make much for a prop when we're on radio and not TV. <laughs> but uh, I so I wanted to see who the who the art team was and uh, just to make sure I got it straight because I was thinking it was Todd Knock, but it it wasn't and I, I was pretty sure it wasn't. But that's the name that was coming to mind. So I pulled my trade off the shelf and I was looking at it. I'm like, man. I I I really messed up. I don't uh the the last time we had our top 5 like the MCU people cuz I'm uh, I I want to read this little excerpt um for the Exiles and it'll it'll do great to describe what the series is. And it's it goes as uh led by Blink who hails from the wildly popular X-Men storyline Age of Apocalypse. The Exiles consist of heroes pulled from alternate times and universes who are sent to correct problems in the multiverse. Their adventures span hundreds of different worlds, setting events and characters back on their proper course, or else risk having them blink out of existence. Like, man, I, I, the series was good. It was a lot of fun. I love Blink. Man, she, like, her, her like, two minutes or whatever it is, maybe five minutes of screen time in, in, uh, in, uh, Days of Future Past was amazing. 
like the series is fun. But holy cow, like I just read that, like man, she's got to be the 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 lead mutant coming into the MCU, right? <laughs> like. I, I haven't seen any spoilers for Strange, but holy cow, she's got to be in Strange. Like, she fits yeah. this perfectly. Yeah, no, they, they could have used uh, Blink instead of America Chavez, you know, and, and I don't think they would have, like, quite the representation they were going for, but, they, like, they could have used Blink, and then that could have also opened the door, like, oh, by the way, there's all these other X-Men universes out there, you know, yeah. wink, wink, fans, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, right. But, like, what you just summed up, it's like, okay, cool. So hopefully, you know, at the end of Loki, the 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 TVA was being run by a different group. Maybe once Loki fixes the TVA, you know, Loki and, and Mobius, once they fix the TVA, maybe it'll be the Exiles instead. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Oh, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Right? That would be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I like where you went with that. I like Exiles. Um, I, I've only read, I think, maybe the first, like, arc or two, so, like, the first 12 issues of it, maybe. But I'm a big yeah. Nocturne fan. I'm just going to throw that out there. Nocturne's, like, she's my woman from that series. Nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's – all right, we're on the same page, I think. Have you uh, – did you ever watch the Gifted series that was on for two seasons on Fox a couple years back? No. Ah, Okay. Blink, uh, this one is played by Jamie Chung. So it's, a, it's obviously a different version of the character than we got in uh, Days of Future Past. But she's like one of the major players uh, of both of the, the – in each of the two seasons. She's one of the, the major, like, mutant characters. And, and um, Jamie Chung really does a great job playing this particular take on Blink. And yeah, there's like a, a thing at the end of the second season. It's like, it, unfortunately, it was a cliffhanger, and then it was never renewed for a third season because, you know, in between season two and three, Disney completed their their acquisition of of Fox, and then they axed a bunch of shows that were ongoing, and, and unfortunately, The Gifted was one of them. It, it wasn't the best show; like, it certainly had its flaws, but I liked it because there were a lot of like deep cut mutant references and stuff in there, and and um. Polaris was one of the main characters. Uh, I'm a big Polaris fan. And then, yeah, Blink, she she was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at that. I'll have to check that out. I don't know how, but what um, <laughs> what's it on now? Um, I think it's still playing on Hulu. I don't, I'm not sure if, if you have that, but yeah. uh, it, it's still playing on there. And, and I don't know if it's anywhere else, though. All right. I'm looking into that for sure. Yeah, it's it's worth it. I mean, like the first season, I think was like thirteen, maybe sixteen episodes, and then the second season was like another thirteen. So it's not it's not a whole lot to get through, uh, and it's one of those like you don't really even have to pay full attention to it either. Um, it's a lot of the same kind of like recycled storylines where it's like you know the mutants are underground and they hate the humans and the humans hate them too and stuff. Um, but like the Stepford Cuckoos are in it. Uh, there's just like a lot of different deep cut, like the, the two, the two main characters, um, Andy and I think Caitlin, no, and Andy and Andy and Lauren are like the grandchildren of Fenris. Um, hmm. the, you know, Andrea and Andreas von Strucker. So yeah. it's like Lauren and Andy Strucker and they have like the same power. It's really interesting. Like there's a lot of like lore that they put into it where, 
I felt like the creators of the show actually did like a good job researching like obscure X-Men crap and like threw it into the show and we're like, eh, see, like we could do a mutant show without X-Men and all that. And like it, it worked pretty well. Um, but and yeah, like I said, it's, it's short. It's worth watching. Uh, it's not the best. Like you don't go into it expecting like the, uh, 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 like an HBO level show because it's not. That's uh, what I'm expecting right now, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're listening to yourself talk, but that's what you're selling me right now. <laughs> There's like for for a for a hardcore X Men fan like me, like there was enough references and, and winks and stuff that like I really enjoyed the story they were telling, even if it wasn't like the best TV series out there. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm going to, yeah, definitely check that out. Nice. So yeah, I, I kind of talked a lot there about the gifted. So I'll just kind of really could, I'll just squeak in my number four and then we'll turn it back over to you for number right. three, uh, my number four favorite X-Men spinoff and, you know, ongoing and all that. I went with uncanny X-Force by Rick Remender and various artists, uh, it was the the second iteration of Wolverine's X Force team. It had Wolverine and Archangel, Phantom X and Psylocke. It had like Deathlock for a while. Deadpool was on there. Um, Age of Apocalypse Nightcrawler hopped over into our universe and, and was part of the team for a little bit. Uh, it's just a great series. Um, I I, I want to say it only lasted for like 37 issues, but it like it was a really great 37 issues. It just told like a lot of really great stories. It really fleshed out the character of Phantom X that was introduced during the Morrison run of New X-Men. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. Like, definitely not a family-friendly X-Men comic. Like, pretty close to, like, an R-rated X-Men comic. Um, but, like, it was totally worth it from from day one. Uh, and I just love the way they, that uh, Remender wrapped up the series. He's got, like, a really great uh, pacing for his storytelling. And uh, I, I loved the arc for for both Phantom X and Psylocke throughout this whole series. So Uncanny X-Force, number four for me. And that's got to have, like, the coolest costumes, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, what is it, black and gray? Black and yes. silver? White? I don't know what um, what that secondary color is. But, uh, man, they look awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those costumes. Yeah, very good pick. Wow. I, uh... Man, I didn't even think of that one. Because I have a list of, like, honorable mentions that I couldn't figure out where to put them. But, crap. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right, so my number three is Astonishing. And I guess specifically it would be the Joss Whedon, John Cassidy run uh, on it. Um, That's the only part of Astonishing that I read. As far as I know, it's the only one that's worth reading. But um, (laughs) that... I read that uh, not as it was coming out, but I read that um, in trade, and I, I think that's the best way to read it from where to have read it, I think, because uh, it was so far delayed, and I know I got messed up and stuff. I don't remember much about it other than I want to say that it was, uh, like, Kitty and Colossus heavy. Um, it was it was fun. I, I remember reading it, enjoying it. Not taking a too uh, too long a time to read it, and the art was really good. Other than that, um, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. <laughs> nice. No, that, that, that's an excellent pick, and uh, it is it it is on my list as well. So I'll I'll refrain from uh, from commenting on it until I get to to mine. But yeah, I I agree. Astonishing X Men, Weed and Cassidy. Oh, so good. 
All right. So, so for me, my number three, and this one might come as a shock that it's only number three and it's not, you know, one or two, but I went with the Wolverine, the Wolverine ongoing. So Wolverine volume two, the one from, you know, 1988 that, that ran up until about 2000 when it was relaunched. Um, but I mean, like, come on, like it's Wolverine. It's some of the best Wolverine stories out there. Uh, Larry Hama, like really focuses a lot on the, like the psychological aspects of Wolverine and that struggle, that internal struggle that he has between, you know, man and beast and all that. Uh, we got some really great artwork from, from Mark Silvestri in like the middle of the run. We had some Adam Kubert stuff at the end, who is my all time favorite Wolverine artist. And just the way it started, you know, the Madripoor stuff with Patch uh, under the watchful eye of Chris Claremont and uh, Sal Buscema is just, it's such great stuff. And uh, I think it's the best Wolverine, other than Claremont's Wolverine in the actual pages of X-Men, that the Wolverine ongoing for Volume 2 is is the next best Wolverine that we've ever had. Yeah, that's a great pick. I, um, yeah, what, I, I couldn't say anything more than you already did. <laughs> yeah, very good pick. Um, my number two is Cable and Deadpool. I don't know if you remember that one from the from the earlier mid two thousands. That was by Fabian Nicienza and uh, Riley Brown, I believe. They, uh, I believe he started on it. Fabian, uh, I think, wrote the entire series and I want to say it went for like almost 50 issues or maybe it went all the way to 50 um, I started on that late and I only started on it because I remember it got like all kinds of hype from Wizard Wizard Magazine <laughs> They, uh, I remember picking up Wizard and them talking about or writing about um, how funny the series was and how like enjoyable it was and all this stuff. And it just, it didn't make much sense to me. Like I, I didn't see like the, like how cable and Deadpool are together. And I didn't, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of either. Like neither one of the characters meant anything to me, but I kept on reading about how funny this was and enjoyable. So I picked it up and man, I fell in love with that series. It was like the, at the time, I think it was the only thing, the only comic that I had read that like made me laugh, like out loud, like, like not not just chuckle, like oh haha, that's funny, just like literally start laughing at at the writing. It was man, it was so much fun to read, and I I really liked the art. I um I actually had uh, Riley Brown, the artist, like the main artist uh, uh, throughout the series. I had him. I, I found him at some conventions, and I had him uh, uh, do a, a commission of uh, Deadpool in my sketchbook for me because I I liked his art from the series so much that I had that done. Um, and I really liked that series. And then, so I was trying to look through. I wanted to see if I could find um, like uh, like the wizard or so, something that like were were like. It got me to read this, so I went through. Like I, I pulled out a stack of wizards from like 2004, like when the series was launched, thinking maybe I'd see something about it. And I couldn't. I flipped through like I don't know 12 issues or whatever. I couldn't find anything regarding this. But man, they, Wizard was in love with with Wolverine and the X Men. 
Like, oh, yeah. holy cow. Like, there's <laughs> just, like, issue after it. I, I, like, I, I was putting them off to the side. Like, oh, I, I got to mention this, Ryan. I got to mention this. And then it's like, I can't mention all of this stuff. It was, there was just too much. <laughs> so I settled on this. <laughs> I settled on this one issue that was really good. I don't know if you have any old wizards or if you got a way of reading them or anybody does. Number 155. My cover is uh, is a first ever Jim Lee and Alex Ross jam cover of of uh, Superman and Batman, but inside, what I think is uh, what you'd enjoy is uh, X Men Evolution is what uh, the article is, and it's from from origin to the end. Wizard cuts through continuity errors and slashes away memory implants to uncover Wolverine's true history. And it goes on for, like, pages, and there's, like, 50 different things where they, like, document, like, all these issues, and, I don't know, they put together his history. It's really neat. It's cool. I think you'd enjoy it. I think anyone listening to us would enjoy this. That sounds like one that I would have had. Um, so, so I graduated from high school in 2003, and I started working at uh, a grocery store in the produce department. Um, and I, and I worked there for like five years, uh, while I was like going to school part time. Um, and, and it was like one of the few places that I was able to find wizard magazine and, uh, you know, working at the store, I was able to like grab a copy and throw it in the back until closing time or whatever. So I can make sure to buy it. So from like 2003 until 2007, I pretty much got wizard every month. Um, and, you know, I, I would sit there and, and read it cover to cover every article, even if it was about something that, like, I didn't read. Like, I remember reading a bunch of stuff about, like, Cyber Force and, like, Aphrodite 9 and, and ah, like, yeah. stuff that, like, I never would even care about, collect, like, Evil Ernie, like, I, stuff that I didn't collect. But I would I would still read about it in Wizard because, like, that was that was, like, the only source of, of news uh, yeah. it, it was because of Wizard that, like, I, I learned about Aspen Comics. Um, and, like, so when I started seeing Aspen Comics at my local comic shop, I started collecting all of that stuff. I don't know. I've I've talked to uh, to Brett about this a couple of times. And I don't remember what year it was or, or what issue it was. But if you were a big Wizard collector, maybe you remember right when Aspen Comics was announced that it was, that it was going to launch. They were yeah. choosing which ongoing title they were going to start with and there were yeah. two new titles one of them was called Soulfire, and it was going to be artwork from michael turner and writing from jeff loeb and the other one was going to be called ecos and it was again artwork from michael turner but written by jeff johns and like they yeah. did like a five-page preview of each comic and then let the fans vote on which one they wanted uh, to be Aspen Comics like launch title and, and it ended up going to Soulfire. Uh, do you remember that? Like, do you remember yeah. seeing that article and reading? Awesome. Yes. yes. Yay. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I was, uh, yeah, I, we're not too, uh, far apart in age. I, I graduated in 01. Um, and I, but I, I've been reading, I was reading Wizard from like the first time I saw it. I, I, went to the store i was probably in fifth grade or something and then i just subscribed i maybe it was a birthday gift or whatever for my parents but i had subscriptions oh wow so like to like almost the very end and i'm a bit of a hoarder too so i still have all my old issues <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, that was awesome I, I, yeah i could go back and pull that stuff up but yeah i 
man, there's, you know, like for me, you know, you have the, the phone now is like the crutch. So like when you're, when you're bored or whatever, you'd go, you go to your phone, right? You pull, you yep. pull that up. Yep. Like, man, that, that was, that was like the wizard magazine for me. Like I'd, I'd have that with me or I'd have a comic with, I'd have something with me and I'd, that was like my crutch. I'd pull it open and I'd, I'd reread it. I'd read it, the, the thing cover to cover and just look at stuff, you know, like flip through, look at the pictures, reread this article, reread that. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I have uh, I have a lot of memories of that stuff. Yeah, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, very man uh, specifically. <laughs> I would like I would take my wizard magazines into the break room. I would take them outside to the break tables outside. Uh, like if if I had to go to the doctor or like had an appointment anywhere or like was just out to lunch by myself, like I would take wizard magazine and read it in public, just hoping that someone would walk by and be like, oh, hey, I read Wizard, too, so that, like, I could make a friend. Like, it was like my honey trap, you know, where I'm just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to meet all the I'm going to meet all the eligible nerds. This is going to be great. Yeah. And, like, it never panned out, dude. Like, no one ever once was like, oh, hey, Wizard, I love Wizard. Like, never yeah. happened. Um, I had a couple when I was a kid. Like, I remember in, in 1993, they did, like, a 30-year anniversary for the X-Men, and it was, like, an all-X-Men issue. Like, I had that and read the crap out of that. Like, that was my Bible when I was, you know, in my single digits in age. Um, I remember, like, my oldest sister has the very first wizard, you know, the one where it's the, the Spider-Man. It's, like, yeah. the McFarlane Spider-Man, and he's got, like, a wizard costume on and the wand. Like, yeah. my yeah. sister has that. I don't know where, nice. but like she had it when we were growing up and I know that she kept it because, you know, she, she kept all of her comics and all of her cards, just like my other sister, just like I did, you know, like, I know she has that thing somewhere. I that's on the, that's on the wall in our living room. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. I've got, uh, I've got that in a frame uh, with, uh, along with the first issue of, uh, sports illustrated. I found, a, <laughs> I know I, I've, yeah, I'm a bit. I don't know. I'm probably sick, but I I remember finding those at the. <laughs> I, I found them at the flea market. I can remember it like that, like exactly where I was finding that wizard. I've got two issues, two copies of number one, but I found them both like in flea markets for a buck. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. that is that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I I would even read like I would read Toy Fair. Um, oh know, yeah. Like, yeah. Like if I was jonesing for a wizard, um, and I'd already read mine cover to cover, like I'd pick up a Toy Fair. Uh, the, the I twist, remember they would do Twisted uh, Mego Theater. Remember that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. There was one that they that they did that was uh, like the Incredible Hulk, but he kept talking about himself in the third person, and then he broke the fourth wall. Like there was there was one where it was like Hulk versus Spider-Man. And by the end of, of it, uh, like it, it continued on into the, the back where it would have like the price guide part, you know, like it continued on even into those pages. And the final panel was like a blank page with just an eyeball in one corner. And there was like a little whisper, uh, uh word bubble that was like, hello, Hulk, see you. <laughs> like I was like in the store reading this thing, like laughing to myself. Oh man, yeah. So yeah, I'd pick up Toy Biz. I remember when Wizard started doing like a biannual, like independent comic, uh, thing that they, I forget what they would call. It was like 
indie world or something. And it was like, they would do it like every six months or, or maybe it was quarterly. Um, and they would like spotlight on like a uh, small press or um, privately published or independently published like comic books and stuff. And I always liked reading about that, that stuff as well. Cause that stuff didn't usually make it into wizard. Wizard was like Marvel in DC and then image, you know, and that was pretty yeah. much it. Yeah, you get yeah, you get a very little bit of that other stuff. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's fun. Fun reminiscing about this. <laughs> oh man. I so I remember like I was putting together a proposal that I was going to mail just blindly mail to Wizard to do uh, a Wizard TV series on the internet and this was like a year before YouTube had ever started. Oh, wow. Like, I, it's one of those, like, man, if I had a time machine, I would go back and I would, I would like fly to New York and I would just sit in the lobby until someone talked to me and I'd be like, look, this is what you guys got to do. Like, there's this new internet TV thing called YouTube. You yeah. can make your own TV show and put it on there and like, and, and like, ah, like have a friggin' wizard TV, you know, like G4 had, had been around for a couple years by that point. And like, if you can make a video game channel, you can make a comic book channel. Yeah. Right. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think, does that, are we on my number two now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess wizard magazine is my number two. now. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that was with this much, as much X-Men and Wolverine stuff I was flipping through. I'm like, man, I should just list Wizard as. as a... uh, yeah, so I, I'll i go with, um, for my number two, I went with Excalibur, uh, Volume 1, oh. 1988, from Chris Claremont, Alan Davis. Um, and then, of course, Claremont leaves the book, and, and Davis stays on and, and does all of it, you know, all the heavy lifting, um, and for like another 20 or so. And, and, and I just, I love that series. Like I, I've said it on the, on talking snicked proper before where like Wolverine is my favorite Marvel character, but like my favorite X-Man is, is Kurt, you know, Kurt Wagner, Nightcrawler. Like I just, I love Nightcrawler. I've always been obsessed with this character. Like he looks so different. His powers are cool. He's always underrated. Like he's just this phenomenal character. And, uh, Excalibur, like we really got to see this other side of him, but Excalibur is also the series that introduced me to Megan, who is like one of my favorite X-Men characters of all time, like a top 10 favorite character overall. Um, I loved Megan and, 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 and I love Captain Britain in the series too, because he was a dude that had issues. Like he wasn't just this like wonderful guy. Like He's the sort of leader of the team, but like he just has all of these, all this baggage that he carries with him that made for like a really interesting character. And it's also the first series where I, I go back and I'm like, okay, like I get the kitty hype now. Like up to this point, she was kind of like just Claremont's Mary Sue. Cause like he, she's one of the first characters that he made himself. And so he just wrote her to be super awesome, even though she's like a 14 year old girl, which doesn't make any sense. But like when you see her on Excalibur and she actually gets to be the vulnerable teenager, but then also overcome that to be such a great hero. I'm like, yes, I get the Kitty hype. Like I'm totally on board. Kitty is awesome. And like, I haven't even talked about Rachel yet. Like Rachel was great. And I loved like just the weirdness and the audacity 
of these of the storylines that was just like so strange and weird and it pushed the envelope of of what X-Men comics were and like I'm like just gushing so I'll stop so Excalibur 1988 number 2 Nice I uh I haven't read much uh Excalibur at all I have I have the series um but I I haven't read them I am familiar with the the artwork man those are I was talking earlier about the covers and stuff. There's some beautiful Alan Davis artwork. And if I remember right, like the back covers, like he, he does like there's pinups, like a, like a pinup of single characters on the back covers of like maybe the first man, it might be like the first 20 or something. There's a lot of issues where it's just like a pinup. I want to say on the back cover Um, for anybody that might have, 30-year-old issues of Excalibur. Take a look. Take them out of those Mylars and flip through them. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, good pick. From from what I've heard, it's supposed to be really good. I've Again, I haven't read it myself. But um, So my, my number one is X-Factor, but Volume 2. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> that's that's my favorite one, and that's uh, you, that's where you get um, uh, multiple man. It, it revolves around uh, Jamie Madrox and uh, his personality, and you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of the people that you talked about earlier. It's the same cast of characters, but it's um, like they're. They're not. It's, I don't know. There, there's not much superheroing. He's got like a. All of a sudden, Jamie's a. He's a detective, and they run like a detective agency. And there's, it's just like really good character development, character stuff. That's what uh, it's written by Peter David. That's what Peter David like does. That's like what he does, is uh, yeah. character stuff. Um, so. Yeah, that's a that's a fun series to to read. I really enjoyed it. There's some the artwork was uh was could be hit or miss at points, but there was uh Ryan Sook, I think was uh was the artist to begin with and he had man, there's some there's some beautiful artwork there. Um yeah, really good stories though. Check uh anybody interested in uh good, well written like I don't know what third rung X characters check out X factor volume two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. It's like, it was the leftover X factor characters that hadn't found their way back into another book. It was like the extra generation X characters, extra X force characters. It was all the leftovers, you know, it was like, yeah, those, all those other runs came to an end. And like, these are the characters that we had left that didn't fit into any of the other stuff. And, and, and yeah, Peter David's like, I'll take them and I'll write yeah. the heck out of them. And I'll, I'll, I'll make whoever reads this comic fall in love with all these characters. I like that he, he didn't shy away from the weird. Like, even though it was like a, a noir detective story, he didn't shy away from like really weird stuff, which is one of the hallmarks of like his, that first run that he had. Uh, it was just very charming and, and off offbeat, um, and he still managed to put a lot of that into uh, X Factor investigation stories as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we got we got characters like uh, we got M, yeah, from from Gen X, right? And it's like <laughs> like she was I don't know she she was before, and I think she is after, just like useless. But like in that series, man, she's great, and and that's he gave I don't know what he he made her interesting 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and Siren too. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> some some of the storylines that involve Siren were uh, were pretty interesting, and and like the stuff that he did with Rain. I, I don't know. Yeah. X Factor Volume Two is is an excellent number one. Like that is a great pick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, so going into mine, um, I had already mentioned that I had this one in my top five uh, when you had mentioned it, I believe, for your number three. But I went with Astonishing X-Men as my number one um, you know, X-Men spinoff uh, ongoing series because, to me, it felt like modern-day X-Men that, that still felt like Claremont. Like, it felt like classic Claremont, but as a modern-day X-Men story. Like, this was post the Morrison run. Uh, it, it was the one that launched like right at the end of the Morrison run where, where Cyclops was relaunching the team. And like you said, he, he brings in Kitty, but it also has Beast and, and Wolverine and, and Emma. And like this is where because I hated the Cyclops Emma stuff from Morrison's run in New X-Men. I hated it. I was so against it. And like Whedon managed to, to make me like kind of ship them a little bit. Like, I mean, I'm still a Scott Jean guy. Um, but like he kind of made me where I was like, all right, like I can see Scott and Emma. Like I actually kind of like Emma Frost now. Like I I didn't like her before. Like I've never really liked her. I didn't like her on, in Gen X. Uh, I still didn't trust her. Like I didn't like her in the Morrison run either. But like I actually I kind of like her in Astonishing X Men. Um, and then of course bringing back Colossus and, and like I said, it just it felt like classic Claremont X Men stories. Uh, but like updated it and it felt modern and new uh, and it was a, a nice change of pace because up to that point, like I had stopped reading like mainstream X-Men stuff. I didn't like the Morrison run. I didn't like the, um, oh gosh, was it like Joe Kelly run or whoever it was. And like Chuck Austin was either right before or right after the Morrison run. And, and that was a, was a crapshoot. So like I was kind of off mainstream X-Men stories, I was really only collecting like Ultimate X-Men at this time and then just getting back issues of Claremont or trades of Claremont when I could uh, to kind of like tide me over. And then when Astonishing launched, like it was just such a, a great series, like such a hopeful series. Like you mentioned, the artwork is is fantastic. Like John Cassidy really does a great job giving like gravity to each of the characters and uh, like despite the fact that he has like a minimalist approach to backgrounds, it's still enough that it gives his artwork depth and everything. And like, they looked like real people. Uh, I don't know. I just liked it. Um, I, I read the first two uh, arcs as they were coming out. Like I collected the first 12 or 13 issues, but then like it just, the, the publishing was inconsistent. You would go like three or four months in between books and everything. And so I didn't finish it until it was released in trades. And I think they released it in, I want to say they released it in four trades. So it was like the volume one was like gifted and then volume two was dangerous. And then volume three, I think was called torn or, or something like that. Um, and then like volume four was like the break world stuff. And it includes, and it included the giant size astonishing X-Men that was like, that capped off their run together. So Astonishing X-Men, my number one X-Men spinoff. Nice. I uh I didn't even, I didn't realize it, but I I wonder if that's where um where I turned with um with Emma too. 
I didn't realize it was it was in his run, but uh, like getting that that relationship fleshed out with with Scott. Yeah, it was the the third arc where like the Hellfire Club, not the not the Hellfire Club, but it's like Cassandra Nova and Negasonic Teenage Warhead and like Sebastian Shaw. They're all working together, and that's the one where like they attack the X Men. And put him in all these weird, like, psychic scenarios. That's the one where, like, Beast goes feral and, like, Wolverine thinks he's, like, a little, like, uh, he's, like, he's acting like a seven-year-old, like, proper child, you know. Um, and then, like, Cyclops is, he, he's uh, he's lost his, um, his like, self-discipline, right? So now he's, like, this brutal, he loses his optic blasts. And he's got, like, this brutal kind of nihilistic attitude to him. Like, because the, the whole thing about Cyclops, right, is he's always in control. So yeah. what happened if Cyclops were to cut loose and just, like, let go of that that moral quandary that he's always suffering? Uh, and then um, uh, Colossus is trapped in, um, like, a scenario where, like, Kitty needs him to break this wall because they're – their child is trapped behind the wall. And then it's like Kitty gets trapped in like underground or something like that. But it's all like in their heads. And eventually the X-Men slowly work their way out of it. And it's because Emma like finally snaps out of it and like helps him get back. And that was the arc where I was like, okay, Emma could have betrayed the team and she didn't like in this arc, she proved to me as an X-Men fan that she belonged on the team and that she belonged with Scott. And so like after that, I was okay with it. Like after that, I was like, yeah, I'm on, I'm on the, the Gene and Emma or <laughs> Gene and Emma. I'm on the Scott and Emma bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of that stuff, man, some of that stuff sounds familiar. And then some of it's like, man, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh it's it's worth a it's worth a read through. Like I try to read that one like every every year or two. Um it's on Marvel Unlimited, I've got the trades, that way I don't have to pull out my floppies. Um yeah. and, and, and I try I, to read through it. As you're talking, man, I just I walked right over to the shelf, I pulled the trades off the shelf so I could flip through. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Is the is the third one called Torn? Did I get that right? I I have um I have them in the Ultimate Collection, so I have uh, two books. Oh, okay. I like I prefer those. Uh, Marvel does those, and I um, where it's like twelve issues. I like those a lot more because um, like the the six the six issue trades they I don't know they're like too thin for me. Mm. I don't like the I don't like how small they are, and then it feels like I'll I'm going back to um like I. One of these is better because uh, the 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 smaller ones, the six issue ones, I'll go through it too fast, and then I'm looking for the second one. This hmm. will fits better for me. I like the way it looks that better <laughs> on the shelf too. Like it's, you got like like bigger print on the side and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, especially as I've gotten older, I'm like, yeah, big print. Like I, I like that. It's helpful. <laughs> it's helpful. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. I got the I, for for a while now. I've had like the the print like uh, magnified or whatever on my phone. Like I've gone, I've gone into the settings and upped it a couple, a couple, a uh, couple of numbers so so it's easier to read. That's that's driven me to get like the 
I have the iPhone, whatever, XS, Max, whatever their stupid thing is for the big one. But that's I have it. I have the big phone just so I could read stuff even more easily. You know, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, nice. Well, that that was fun, man. Like going through and like revisiting the different series that that I've had to enjoy, and then trying to rank them. Like that was tough. And hearing yours, dude, like I, I didn't expect Exiles, but just because it's not one that I that I hear about very often, and and, and the rest of your picks, like they they seem tailor made to you. Cable and Deadpool, <laughs> X Factor Volume Two, I, I dig it. Yeah, you know, it was fun going through. I sent you that list or whatever. I don't know if you looked through that at all um, uh, from Wikipedia or whatever, but it was fun going through that list. And then there was a there's a hand. I had uh, honorable mentions. It's Gen X. I had Extraordinary with a. Uh, that Lemire Ramos run. I don't remember what that one was about, but I want to say I liked it. I remember like the, the artwork being fun. I like Ramos. Um, and there's a couple others too that stood out, but it was, I, I totally forgot about Cable and Deadpool, but looking at that, man, it, it brought like a big smile to my face and like, Oh, I remember, I remember really enjoying that. Right on. Well, I think Kurt, we could probably get to uh, to our episode breakdown. I know we've been we've been talking since we actually started the show. We've been talking for for over an hour now. Um, yeah. So so if you're ready, I think we can get into to the episode breakdown portion. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. All right, for today's episode, we are talking X-Men the Animated Series Season 3, Episode 4. This is the Phoenix Saga Part 2, The Dark Shroud. This episode first aired September 6th, 1994. It was written by Mark Edward Edens, directed by Larry Houston, story edits by Eric Leewald. So you haven't heard the episode yet, Kurt, because it hasn't come out. But I, the one that was right before this, part one, I actually did that one with my sister. And okay. and we talked about it a little bit because th- the Phoenix Saga aired back to back to back, Monday through Friday, in the afternoon. They were like after school time slot, wow. you know. And I, I missed all of these as they came out because this was the first week that we lived in Colorado. So we moved out to Colorado that Sunday and like I, I missed all of these episodes. So it's been super fun going back because I've only seen these like maybe once or twice before and, and like as reruns once um, on the TV way back when. And then like, you know, w- when I uh, got them on DVD, when they came out about 10, 15 years ago and like going through and being like, oh, man, I don't remember these. This this was awesome. Uh, so So I've had a good time going through. But yeah, I just wanted to share that again. Like this was the first week I, I lived in Colorado and uh, I had no idea these were coming out in the afternoon. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea that either. And I haven't, I've got the, the DVDs when I bought them, I rewatched uh, the episodes. I don't remember. I don't remember them at all. And, um, and, Going through this, like I, um, the first time I was on, I tried to to start over from the beginning and and start watching the shows, and then I like ran out of time, and I'm like, I just got to watch my episode. <laughs> I I don't have the time to to catch up. And then, like, same thing coming into this, I thought about like I, I, 
I thought, well, like, since I haven't, since I'm not caught up, like, I should just jump into this. Like, jump in with both feet, and Brian's watched them all. He's the guy that's watched them all. I'm the kid that just turned this show on. Like, oh, I, I, I'm just turning it on willy nilly, and like, what's, what's this week episode bring me? So, that's my perspective coming into this. Nice. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So, uh, so I usually have the guest kind of break down the opening sequence and take us into the episode. So, if, if you're willing to do that, why don't you go ahead and yeah. kick this episode off for us? I am ready this time around. Um, so we we open up with the they're in a space shuttle. It's crashing. Jean uh, jumps out of her seat. It looks like she's a passenger, but all of a sudden she must correct this crashing ship. Um, oh, I guess at the very beginning we we get the recap from the from the week before. Uh, sorry, I skipped over that. Um, no, it's all good. Yeah, but you get the recap, so you 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 see how they get into the situation. And um, and now, when she's trying to correct it, she pa- she kind of passes out or whatever. We see the phoenix enter her. The shuttle crashes into the water, and then she uh, like comes out of the water with "I am Phoenix." Uh, that looked pretty cool. That was a that was a really cool animation. I thought. Now, did you notice every time? She's Phoenix, and I think it's only, like, one other time during this episode where she uses her Phoenix powers. But do you notice, like, whenever she's in her Phoenix form, there's, like, that music that plays? It almost feels like some sort of, like, an angelic scene, you know, like where you imagine, like, the gates to heaven have opened and there's, like, this music playing. Like, that's what I think of whenever they have, like, the Phoenix music playing when when Jean's there. Huh, I didn't notice that, but it... Maybe subconsciously I picked up on it because when she was the Phoenix, it felt like, I don't know, it felt really cool. Like it felt like a different part because I feel like the episodes are a little hokey. But the Phoenix, like <laughs> where you see the Phoenix, it it seems really cool. So maybe there was the music and I didn't notice it. Yeah, it, it's very subtle. It's more of like kind of like a humming sound, but like it, it's like if it – I'm trying to think of like the the like a Nintendo game that would have that kind of music. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah I can't even think of anything like Icar- Kid Icarus, maybe or whatever game that Pit yeah. was in. You know, or like he'd yeah. get he'd get like a weapon or something, and uh, it would make just like this kind of like a like this hum. But it, it, yeah. it just feels like it's like this uplifting kind of like heavenly <laughs> music. Like I don't know. I can't think of a way to describe it but like that's just the feeling that i get you know yeah <laughs> nice yeah i understand that yeah i'll have to i'm gonna rewatch this again and, and look for that yeah or, or go through the rest of the series because she she phoenixes out quite a bit over the next you know this episode and like the next three you'll you'll hear it a lot and it's like every time she's flying around or she's talking it like it plays over or, or like it underscores the scene, that she, the the scenes that she's in. It, 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 it's it's fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. So so she jumps out of the bay. Well, she flies out of the bay and yells, you know, I'm Phoenix. And then, like you said, she passes out, falls right back into the bay. Uh, Wolverine and Cyclops have to, to dive down, and, and they they're able to get her 
up to the surface again and they're looking at her like, what the heck? Uh, but then we just go straight to the hospital and they're kind of explaining what happens and, and Jean doesn't really have any memories. She's just like, yeah, I was in the, I was in the shuttle and then I woke up here in the hospital. Um, and I think it's Scott that asks her, or maybe it's, maybe it's Beast. And they're like, okay, well, like, tell us about this Phoenix person. And then she has like an existential meltdown over the course of like three sentences and then goes back to normal. She's like, I don't know. Did, was I, am I the Phoenix now? Did I used to be the Phoenix? Maybe I was Gene and now I'm the Phoenix. What, the, you know, like, I just, it's like all these emotions over the course of like three sentences right in a row. Uh, but it's fine because Xavier comes in and he's like, eh, you know, you, you said you were the Phoenix and all that. Um, and, and he tells Gene, like, you're a bit worked up, so we're going to keep you in the hospital for observation. Don't worry. I know that you're frail and all that. Like a little bit of the 60s, Xavier kind of yeah. comes in, you know, uh, and he just kind of tells Gene, like, you know, it's it's your 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 disposition. You know, so we're just going to keep you in here for observation. And apparently Cyclops is having like none of it because he kind of stands up and and like storms out of the room and just like goes and looks out the window. Uh, and then Beast has to like go comfort his best friend. Yeah, I there's two things. One, when they're when they're going over to stuff and, and Jean's confused about who she is, Beast says to her that she was the Phoenix before. And then he describes literally just what happened about them like falling into the bay or whatever he says um what was he talking about phoenix before was that the episode before that she was the phoenix or is he was there i it seemed like there was like maybe a continuity error or something do you know do you remember be saying that yeah i mean he tells her but i think you're right like i think he was just kind of recapping what was happening in the bay because i think he was just trying to tell her like you called yourself Phoenix, like okay. when you came out of the bay, you said, you know, I'm Phoenix, and then and then you fell back because because the Phoenix didn't enter her really until like the the opening sequence of this one that you were describing, where she's like in the in the shuttle and it's crashing, um, yeah. and she like passes out in the cockpit of the shuttle, and we see okay. the yes. like the light go into her, and then it flashes the like Phoenix, the Firebird, you know, on the screen. That was the yeah. first time we we really saw that. Yeah, so I didn't – all right, yeah, I just didn't understand what Beast was saying there. And then um, with – with uh, I have a note here that just says, love, angry X. I love uh, – <laughs> Professor X, man, he's like – he's just like a jerk. And he's like – I don't know, the voice actor that does him, he's like the best, man. He's so, like, angry and he's, like, so um, short with, with his students and stuff. I don't know. I don't know how these students put up with him. <laughs> yeah, like all – I mean, Scott is angry, and, like, he has the right to be angry because in the last episode, Xavier sends him on a mission and doesn't tell him anything, you know? He sends him in blind, and that's exactly what Cyclops says. He's like, dude, you sent us in on this mission blind. Gene's in the hospital. You're babbling on about alien crap, and I just want some answers. And, and Xavier's like – don't blame me for your your leadership failures, one eye. Like, <laughs> yes. yeah. Like, yeah, he like, like snaps he, at him. Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah. He says, he, yeah, he totally like takes him down a notch for like being the leader. Like a leader doesn't need all the information or whatever he says. It's <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. It's good. He's such a jerk. 
I guess, well, that, that's Kitty Pride, right? Professor X is a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't think there's any other way around it. That's, that's what he uh-huh. is. And it works because, like, it, it's kind of foreshadowing this whole episode anyway. You know, like, oh, Xavier's not in his right mind, as we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but, but I like that moment because, like, coming in, like, we don't really know what's going to happen in this episode. All we see is Xavier being a jerk to Cyclops, who, I mean, yeah, Cyclops was being short with him, sure, but, like, Cyclops kind of has a right to do that. Like, his wife is in the hospital yeah. because he was on a mission that they had no information about or anything. There's alien stuff going on. He's got no idea. So, yeah, like, him wanting answers, totally reasonable. And Xavier just flying off the handle. Like, I don't have to answer to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's and awesome. I, I like Beast, too, because he's, like, playing the peacekeeper, but he's like, eh, forget it. Like, I've got science stuff to do. He he has, like, a little beaker or, like, a little test tube, uh, and he mentions, like, I'm going to go do some experiments on these, like, mind control uh, yeah. devices that we took out of the astronauts. Uh, because in the previous episode, these astronauts were acting under the controls of Eric the Red, and so now they've they, we figured out it was because of implants. And so Beast... He's going to go uh, do some science stuff. And he's like, yeah, so adios. I like that he's wearing like a, a Howard the Duck shirt, too. I just got to throw that out there. Yes, I have that in my notes, too. I love that. <laughs> I noticed the Howard the Duck shirt right away. And then I, I noticed when he turns around, he's got a comb in his back pocket. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I wonder, yeah. is he wearing shoes in this one? Yes, he is. I made oh, a note nice. of that, too. Because it. In our episode, you probably don't remember, but like our episode, one of the things I said was that he's not taking, he was operating on like this blind girl and like the dad was pissed at him. It's like, well, he's just like a, he's just like a naked beast underneath his lab coat. He's wearing briefs and he doesn't even have shoes on. Well, now it looks like somebody, he got the memo, like put some shoes on you filthy animal. (laughs) Nice. But yeah, I like when uh, when Beast is leaving and he's like hailing a cab, uh, but he notices like Wolverine across the street just like kicking trash cans in an alley, (laughs) and he walks over there, you know. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah, Wolverine, Wolverine's in a black tee, a black t-shirt, and he's got his. uh, He's got a watch. It it just struck me so so strange. He's got his black t-shirt and he's got a watch on. And uh, I don't know. I just can't picture Wolverine with like a little wristwatch. It just seems so funny. Yeah. And he's just he's kicking around the cans. And uh, Beast says something and, and says something about Genie or whatever. And and Wolverine like pops his claws and he's like, maybe I don't, maybe I don't like hospitals. Hi, Bob. You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> just the, the last time I was in one. This is what happened to me. And it's like, oh. I don't know. You seem to enjoy the claws. I don't. I don't know if that's a bad thing, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know, hospital versus you know, <laughs> illegal laboratory. Like yeah. it's a bit of a stretch there, Logan. Like you're kind of grasping at yeah. straws here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's just got to be angry about something. Yeah, and then I think that's actually when Beast goes to hail the cab because he's like, "I'll tell you what, Logan." Like. I was going to do some science stuff, but, like, I can wait. You're a friend in need. Like, let's go grab some brews or whatever, you know. Yeah. And uh, he goes to hail a cab, and the cab pulls up to the alley and stops. 
And then Beast walks up to open it, and the cab driver sees that he's a mutant. He's like, ah! And he just drives off. And Beast is like, why is it so hard to hail a cab in New York City? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, commercial break. <laughs> And like, as a kid, like that, that, like the, the mutant metaphor in that particular scene just goes like right over your head. But like now yeah. as an adult and you're watching it and you're like, ooh, that's, that's kind of dark humor right there considering like the mutant metaphor and, and yeah. the, the joke about not being able to ha- hail a cab, you know, like that kind of a deep cut, but kind of a, kind of a dark joke. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then, um, yeah, and then after that, after that uh, commercial break, I imagine, right? Um, <laughs> we have we have a uh, professor getting into some kind of tricycle jet. What is he getting into? Uh, just like a mini X jet, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a strange looking uh, contraption. And then I, something happens where I, where professor's like soul leaves his body and. I don't know, man. He looks like he turns into Count Nefario to me. <laughs> he's, he's got a cape and he's got some weird powers. Um, and he he floats away from X, who's like left passed out or whatever. Uh, we we, I think after that we come into uh, Wolverine in the train station on the train. Is that what it is? He's in, is is that the next thing then? Wolverine's in the subway, I think. Yes. Yes. My yeah. My next note is is uh, we see uh, Eureka, and then um, and then it it kind of goes like uh, he starts imagining things. He gets into a Wolverine gets into a fight. Right. Um, we see uh, Sabretooth and Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And then we then we get a uh, professor then we get Professor X slash Nefaria uh, battling with with uh, with uh, Wolverine, and that, then all of a sudden like he gets a he gets a glue gun, he turns into he, he turns into Pace Pot Pete now, and he, <laughs> he he shoots up Wolverine's feet to the to the tracks. Oh, we uh, there. Now I'm, I jumped around a little bit. We're on the train tracks. Wolverine was going to try to save uh, Jubilee, who's like, who's got some kind of strange glimmer to her. She's I don't know, like a Cullen. And Wolverine didn't see that. He got that's when he got glued. He frees himself from the glue, saves Jubes, who disappears in his arms, and then, uh, and then yeah, then the. Whoever Professor X is, I don't know who he is, but X is gone. Wolverine's confused. I guess we're all confused. We don't, nobody has any idea what's going on. <laughs> and we get we, oh, we, we we go up to we go up street side. Um, now we're up street side, right? And we see uh, we see Remy. Mm-hmm. We we got Gambit out of costume. And we know it's Gambit because he's speaking like half English, half French, and he's just hit. He's hitting on anything that wears a skirt. It's a uh, classic Remy, right? <laughs> That's right, mon ami. And, and he's he's in line with with Jubilee, uh, and yeah, he's like hitting on this chick in front of him, 
And, and Jubilee gets all mad. She's like, you told me you'd take me to the ballet. Like, nothing about Jubilee in the first two seasons <laughs> has ever clued me into the fact that she is a ballet fan or, like, a musical theater fan. Like, nothing about Jubilee seems like she would be into that scene at all. But she's like, you know, you told me you'd take me to this thing. And, and, and Gambish is like, relax, share. Like, the, the play's not going to last all night, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Classic Gambit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then um, then we, we, we jump over to Storm and uh, – and I love uh, Storm's – I don't know what she's doing. She's meditating or something, but she's got a uh, – I forget who who talks to her, but I, my note is she's got a glowing X walkie-talkie thing. Like she's got her, her cape attaches to her chest or whatever, her attaches to her with like two Xs, and the one X is glowing. It's so cool. Yes. Because um, how else would you talk to people, right? Um <laughs> So then she, I, I forget how where she says she's going to she's she'll appear as fast as the wind can take her or something. Right. Um, and uh, oh, that must be because we, we've got uh, we've got X giving them a hard time at the in the movie theater line. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, after he leaves Wolverine in the subway. He heads up to the street like you were saying. He goes street side um, and, and he shows up and then he starts doing what he did to Wolverine. He starts doing that to uh, to Gambit and Jubilee as well, starts, like, messing with their heads and calling them bad names and stuff. Uh, he tells Gambit, like, we still don't know anything about you, and you're untrustworthy and all that. And I think he t- tells Jubilee she's a baby or something. Uh, you know, it really hurts their feelings. And Wolverine shows up eventually as well. Uh, and so, like, the three of them are kind of duking it out with evil Xavier, but there's nothing that they can do. And then, yeah, that's when Jubilee calls over to Storm, and so <laughs> she gives her her typical uh, melodramatic Storm thing. I will be there. <laughs> what was it? As fast as the wind flows? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> oh, man. When we finally get Storm in the MCU, like, I hope they ham it up and, and do the, the sweeping declaration of, of like, over dramatic storm because it's so much fun. There's there's like so many different sides of storm and but they're all good. You've yes. got like as much as you, when you say that it's like yeah that that sounds great, but I also really want to see like the the, the Mohawk uh, storm, and then I want to see like the like the the crazy um, Claremont like um, I don't know nudist storm. Remember her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, some would say that she's the best storm, but I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> there's 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 not a bad version of storm. I don't think. No, there's there's not every, every version. I mean, well, okay, movie storm, I guess, is well, not really all that great. <laughs> I, was just, I was just gonna say, except for except for Halle Berry. Um, do you know what Do you know what happens to a toad when it's hit by lightning? Oh, that's yeah, that's the that's the worst storm. Um, yeah, so so uh, storm appears. They're I think they're fight. They 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 axe disappears or, or professor disappears because he's some kind of figment of their imagination. I don't. Who knows? I, the the cops show up. 
and Wolverine he pops his claws <laughs> and it, like I think uh I think Jubes is like how are we going to explain that we're fighting nobody to the police and Wolverine's like I'll take care of it and he pops the claws <laughs> I don't like man he's about to slice up some Canadian bacon here right like what man it's the NYPD Jesus <laughs> it's, it's awesome I, I don't know who tells him to calm down but it's like Wolverine, man, he's he's crazy. He's a loose cannon, this guy. It's yeah, it's it's Storm. Like she finally arrives, like right at the nick of time, <laughs> like right before something terrible happens. <laughs> yeah. uh, she shows up and she's like, "I'll do it," and she just like summons a bunch of fog. Yeah, and like the fog right. immediately, Wolverine's yeah. like, "Oh, this is the better plan." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's oh wow, yeah, it's wild. It's uh, it, that's like the. This the show is so so fun for moments like that. Yeah, um, and uh, and then I I have one more note for there because I'm watching I'm watching it and like they're in front of uh they're in front of a pizza parlor, and one side of the building it's a corner, one side says Ike's Pizza, and the other one says Wayne Pizza. I don't know who Ike or Wayne were, huh. but yeah, they. Uh, much like the last episode that we watched together, I was uh, I was intrigued with Beast's hat because it had like the Oakland A's logo, and I, I was reading into that. Like I wanted to see, like, man, is this like who is Ike and who is Wayne? Who are these people? How do they get their names on this pizza parlor? I want like it's got to be the the artists or somebody, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Someone's kid somewhere uh, yeah. has, has had their names immortalized, uh, but maybe. Maybe it's um, in the Chicago area. You've got the uh, the what is it the the Lafayette hot dog um, and like the All American hot dog or whatever, where it's like yeah. the two hot dog shops right next to each other, and they used to be the same, right? It was like owned by brothers, but then they argued about how to make the best hot dog, and so like the one brother buys the the shop right next door and opens the other hot dog. And so, like, one of them uses, like, a sweet mustard and Bermuda onions, but then the other one uses, like, a really vinegary mustard um, and, like, a Vidalia onion, you know? So it's, like, slightly different tastes. I don't know. I watch a lot of Man vs. Food, and yeah. uh, in the Chicago episode, that's one of the places where uh, Adam goes, is to oh, those okay. two hot dog places. I have been I'm born and bred. I'm a Chicago in my entire life. And I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Oh man, I've got to, I've got to look this up. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll see if I can find something on it and, and like throw it in the Discord because that would be a, a weird conversation to get going. Yeah, I assumed based on your accent that you were a Chicago guy, but like I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to put you on the spot. My in my my whole in law family, all my in laws are from uh, like Park Forest. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I. <laughs> Do I, does it sound that that much? I guess my uh, my dad's that I, I don't say the th too well. Um, <laughs> I don't say tree though. I don't know. Sometimes I might say tree. Uh, it's a uh, it's more with like your your short a's. They yeah. Sound more, they sound a little like an e. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> like, I guess, I don't know. Like, this is, I've always talked like this. So it's, yes. Yeah. To you, I've, 
you know, to you, it's not an accident. I know. I, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard it before. I've, I had a friend go through. Uh, he, he, when he went to college, he went in for um, uh, radio broadcasting, and they talked to him about that stuff. And he, I remember him coming home and telling, like, laughing because he, like, I was his example in school. <laughs> and I, I know I hear a lot of people worse than me. I don't know, but oh yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah, that's funny. It's funny. Um, so yeah, we left off with uh, with with Wolverine wanting to slice up the the cops. <laughs> yeah, and thankfully Storm made good on her uh, as fast as the wind blows, and, and she arrived and, and fogged him out. Uh, and then we check back in with uh, with Cyclops and Jean because you know they they've been mercifully left alone by this evil Xavier, despite the fact that they were just you know like a roof away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we check back and, and Cyclops is on the phone and I like that they go out of their way to have him talking to Rogue because in in the first episode of the two part premiere, they're they're going on this mission and Xavier's like, um, you know, you can't we can't send Rogue because she's off on another mission. And then she's also still missing uh, at the beginning of the Phoenix saga. So like another mission comes up, they need to go up to space. Rogue still isn't there. So they go out of their way finally to have Cyclops like talking to her on the phone and being like, yeah, all this crap's going down with Gene, like hurry back when you can, because we need you. Um, and then from there, I think he goes, I think he goes in to talk to Gene and then Gene senses. She like, she finally senses evil Xavier. Yeah. And then we have, uh, there's what is there a little showdown or something and we have um uh professor we get we finally find out that his uh he says his like his subconscious has gone wonky or whatever right he uh that's where we 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 find out that it's his subconscious somehow it's projecting does uh i can't remember i just have i have my note that it's a subconscious, and then I, I, I wrote onslaught, question mark, exclamation point. Like, is this the beginning of onslaught? Oh, nice. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely seems like it would be. Like, they could have easily gone and done um, onslaught in the series, like, as a as a follow-up to this. That would have yeah. been cool. Um, yeah, he kind of explains it where it's like when he touched that alien mind at, like, removed the shroud of his the shroud of cover that he had placed on his like darker subconscious or something like that i don't know it's kind of jargony and stuff uh but kind of like he has a kind of like the way they do like the dark phoenix in the movies where they're like oh this is you know your bad thoughts and so we we put a wall around him xavier's kind of doing that where he's like you know, I had all I took all of my like dark thoughts that I've had and I just kind of like bottled them up and, and pushed them down. And like the the barrier between my normal person and like the, you know, the bad me, the wall like fell down because of this alien mind thing. So that that was what that was. Uh, so, you know, he apologizes to his students and, and pretty much says, like, I, I until I can get this back under wraps, like I, I've got to remove myself from from the team. So like Cyclops is in charge and I'm going to head to Muir Island uh, to, you know, like recuperate and, and kind of get back in control. And so we we follow Xavier 
to Muir Island. Uh, not the first time we've been here in the series, but I like every time a scene happens on Muir Island, even if it's like back-to-back scenes, every time they do an exterior shot of Muir Island, they play that little like uh, bagpipe music. Yeah. <laughs> I love that little like, I don't even know if it's like real bagpipes or if it's just supposed to sound like bagpipes, but I like the, <laughs> the bagpipe bumper that they do because you're like, oh, yeah, definitely Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> they got the guy from Police Academy just making the bagpipe noise. <laughs> <laughs> was it uh, Kevin, Kevin Winslow? Is that who that was? Police Academy guy? <laughs> I don't remember his name. I, what you said, I don't know if it's real bagpipes. It's just, just what popped into my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, when we see, uh, I don't know, we see what's her name. I don't even care about her, but we get Banshee. <laughs> yeah. Moira. <laughs> Moira, yeah, thanks. We get, we get Moira, but more importantly, we get Banshee. Yes. And, like, Axe looks at him. And he's he's he gives him like the stink guy like he I don't know what they they must have a history or something but we didn't get that uh, we didn't get anything from Banshee we just got that from from the professor mm-hmm. but I don't know the professor's angry so yeah he's probably just angry that that somebody's moving in on this chick <laughs> yeah it was like something so simple as like oh hi you know mr xavier like uh moira's told me so much about you and he's just like oh that's good <laughs> yeah. yes. or, or, or i hope she has or, or something you know? like yeah something ominous yeah. but not ominous at all <laughs> yeah yeah right uh, yeah and then uh and then after that we get I feel like I should know who the the um we it's right there we we does the camera pan over or something and there's somebody like spying on them with it look it reminded me of like those old old time like listening devices like where it, you'd see like it like <laughs> this you hear a conversation 50 feet away you know it's, um but this guy's watching it and like uh, streaming it like live action to some red guy in space that looked to me like he was Sunfire, but I don't think it was Sunfire. I didn't hear a Japanese accent, and he was talking about space stuff, so I don't think that's Sunfire. Right, uh, that was Eric the Red. So he he was introduced oh. in the last episode. He's he's an emissary for the Emperor of the Shi'ar Empire, and his job right now is to. Um, Intercept and arrest Lalandra. Eric the Red, the same Eric the Red that Cyclops' dad? Isn't Eric the Red Cyclops' dad in the comics? Uh, so Cyclops' dad is Corsair. And then, Corsair. But I think, like, throughout X-Men comics, like, Cyclops himself dressed as Eric the Red once okay. or a few times. Magneto took on the mantle. It's just, it's kind of just like uh, if someone needs to keep their identity secret and no one's dressed as Eric the Red, it's like they all have like a timeshare on like a locker <laughs> at a bus station in like Detroit and they all just head there and they're like, oh, cool, the, I can I can grab the costume and, and wear it and then yeah. I'm done with it. I'll just put it back for the next random mutant that needs it. That's funny. Okay. All right. Yeah, and then uh, we check back in again with with Xavier, and this kind of takes us into our final scene, 
Um, so Kurt, since you opened up the episode, why don't you close us out as well? Take us through this like final minute of, of the show. Oh God. This is, we see, uh, Lelandra, uh, makes her appearance and she goes into the story where she tells professor that she stole a crystal um, I think from her brother because her brother – her story is that her brother was going to use it for something evil. So she stole it, steals a ship, and escapes and finds herself to Earth. And we're left like she's the good – don't worry. She's the good one. Um, and then she tells the professor – uh, she says how the Shi'ar believe that there's two minds that are linked at birth and like they're, they're meant to be together and they're, they're meant to find each other or something along those lines. And to me, it sounds like some kind of like, like a, like an ancient, ancient religious type proverb thing that you're like taught from the, like from the minute you could go to school in, in, in Shi'ar. <laughs> and then, but like then she, she follows it up with like, "Do you believe in this too, Charles?" And he's like, "I do now." <laughs> now that like, I see what? that you're a hot chick, of course I believe. Yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> what the hell? Like why? Like I don't think he he. There's no way that he ever gave a thought like that in his life. And he's like, "Yeah, I do." Like, okay, whatever. And then all of a sudden we get jugs. We get we get uh juggernaut like rips through the wall or whatever and, and he's there and he's like, Hello, brother Like I don't I'm lost and, and intrigued. I wanna see where this goes next, so I'll be tuning in uh tomorrow. I guess it's it's Monday through Friday, so that next week. Um but uh yeah, it's it's a little confusing. Um we talked about this before the episode, but I I hate the Shi'ar. I hate Leandra. Uh, I was going to say Leandra. Uh, I, I hate Leandra. I hate, I don't know. I do not like the Shi'ar. I hope Juggernaut comes in to beat her up. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, as a kid, like, growing up and stuff, I was always like, the space stories don't really make any sense. Like, how does this have to do any – how does this have anything to do with Xavier's mission of human, mutant, peaceful coexistence? Like, why are the X-Men going into space to save some random empire from, you know, light years away uh, when their their mission is to promote human and mutant coexistence? Like, if they're in Shi'ar space – there's no one there to oppose Magneto or Apocalypse or Mr. Sinister. Like, why are we doing this space stuff? It's silly and dumb. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. As I've gotten older, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I like the Shi'ar. I like these space stories. It's a nice break. Yeah, I think I feel the same way, um, like, as you did as a child. That's how I feel right now as an adult. Like, <laughs> yeah. You have no business in space. You can't keep your act together here in your homeland. Just just work on your stuff here at home. Don't worry. Leave them alone out there. They, they can worry about their own problems. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. No, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so other than the fact that this episode brings in, <laughs> like, brings the Shi'ar into – 
you know, the, the, the X-Men cartoon and all that. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on this episode? Like, do you like it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? I like this episode. It was fun. It was, uh, it was entertaining. It was much better than the, than the one that we did the first time. This was a lot more entertaining. Laughed. Um, yeah, it was cool. I, uh, I'm definitely interested in seeing what happens next. Nice. Yeah, same same here. I, like, watching the episode, I was kind of thinking, like, oh, you know, I don't really care for, like, the evil Xavier stuff. It's kind of a weird detour and all that. But like you said, like, it makes for an entertaining episode as, like, the X-Men are trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, and, and, like, the, the jokes and stuff that we get kind of early on from, like, Beast and Wolverine, like, that was fun. Um, and, and yeah, like I like, of course, the introduction of Banshee and like knowing like, oh, sweet, we're going to get some awesome Muir Island stuff with Banshee and Juggernaut and everything. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see, you know, the next three episodes of this of this story arc. And I thought this was a fun second episode. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, like there's a um, a lot of dangling plot threads. It's very, very Claremont-esque. Like, uh, are we gonna, are we gonna see an explanation of of this uh, professor uh, subconsciousness? Are we gonna see? Is there is there any back history with um, with uh, with the professor and Banshee? You know, like the, there's there's a there's a lot a lot a lot of stuff going on. Is Wolverine gonna kill, gonna kill cops? Like, <laughs> how how long? keep him under reins that's that's the question i like i like this episode um lots of questions and and yeah dude like it it's about to take a real weird turn too like the the rest of the the series like as we get into the shiar stuff like if i if i remember correctly and i'm and i'm jumping the gun and i probably shouldn't because uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll spoil stuff but like i'm pretty sure the next episode like we get to see the imperial guard like it, it's about to get real wild, um, and I'm and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, Wolverine, like, eh, cops, whatever. Like, I've got claws that I can throw down. It's no big deal. <laughs> that, yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> he he was perfectly happy just using his fists on the garbage cans. He didn't want to slice those up. <laughs> yes. What the heck. <laughs> Oh man, like at least distract him with like, you know, a, a slice from Ike's and a slice from Wayne's and like, you know, put him to the, the, the Pepsi challenge. Be like, which slice is better? Distract him. Come on. That, that's what they could have been fighting about the whole time. If they would have just like, <laughs> Gambit and Wolverine could have just been like, no, Ike's is better. No, right? Like, sorry, officers. It just got a little out of hand. <laughs> Oh, that's all right. We understand. We went through this last night. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, it totally justifies blowing up the box office and all this other stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> all right. So, man, I, I think that's it. Like, I, I don't think we have anything else to, to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, you summed up that, that, uh, that episode pretty good. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. And of course, our, our first half discussion was, was fantastic. Now, last time I had you on, Kurt, like, I don't think I asked you to plug anything because I'm not, I don't think that you have your own podcast, but is there anything that you, you wanted to plug or any kind of projects that you're working on or? 
Uh, not really? No, not really. I'm on, um, if anybody's interested in being my friend, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I have, I have an Instagram that I don't, I, I do nothing but just, uh, just look at what other people post. I don't post anything on there. I have a YouTube channel, um, but I don't post anything. I have some old videos of myself on there. So if you're interested in, in seeing me do stuff, you could check me out on YouTube. Um, yeah, nothing. I just, uh, uh, come listen to me on this, on this podcast or on, uh, on Brett's, um, Marvel Plus, if you're interested in hearing more from me. Nice. All right. There we go. Yeah. I would recommend, uh, definitely go check out the, uh, the Moon Knight Roundtable, uh, as Kurt was a guest on there. And, uh, I, I shared a lot of his, <laughs> a lot of his views on the series. Uh, as you all would have heard last week on the, the episode I did with my sister, um, I, I shared my thoughts on, on Moon Knight as a series. And, uh, hearing Kurt on the round table, it turns out that, uh, you know, we, we had pretty similar, uh, pretty similar, uh, experience with, with Moon Knight. Nice. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm surprised how more people don't share that same opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm always shocked when, when I'm like, oh yeah, it's like, this is how I feel about it. And then I find out that I'm like in the bottom half and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah. How does no one, how does no one see what I see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That sounds like my, my thoughts every day. <laughs> All right. Well, Kurt, man, thanks so much for coming back on. I really appreciate it. Uh, not as short a notice <laughs> this time yeah. as it was last time. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on again though and, and chatting. It was, it's always fun to, uh, just get to bounce ideas off and, and, and talk X-Men and of course break down an episode of the cartoon. And, and like I said last time, you're always welcome back. So you're in the discord. Let me know. Look to uh, some future episodes. I know that you already um, are looking to come back for at least a dark Phoenix episode as well. Uh, so we'll work on getting you on for that one too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's tons of episodes this season. So, um, you know, look through that. And, and if you want to come back e- even more than the, for a dark Phoenix appearance, let me know. And I, I'd love to have you back on. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I look forward to it. I had a good time. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. Thanks, Kurt. Thank you. So, Bub, there you have it. That is my conversation with Kurt Schmidt. It was awesome getting him back on and just having the conversation that we did. Uh, I, I'm starting to see Dazzler in a different light. I'm, I'm maybe starting to understand some of the hype around that character. It's just a character that, you know, she's just never really interested me. Uh, but hearing, hearing Kurt's uh, explanation of, of why he kind of gravitated towards Dazzler and, and how she was able to kind of pull him into the greater X-Men universe uh, it it kind of converts me. It turns me into a Dazzler fan. So there you go. Of course, a top five comparing our favorite X spinoffs. Any chance I get to talk about X Factor or Excalibur or Whedon and Cassidy's Astonishing X-Men is a good day in my book. And I enjoyed hearing some of Kurt's uh, outside the box favorite ongoing. So that was pretty cool. 
Bub, if you like the show and want to keep the conversation going, you can follow me on Instagram at TalkinSnicked or reach out to me via email at TalkSnicked at gmail.com. Of course, we also have a Discord server up and running. And uh, I think we're, we we finally cracked the double digits as far as uh, members of the server. So it's been fun. Uh, starting to get a little bit more active, starting to post a little bit more stuff in there. And of course, other guest hosts from uh, past episodes are in there as well. Talking X-Men and, uh, you know, just some fans, fans of uh, Talking Snake, but most importantly, fans of X-Men and fans of Wolverine. So if you want to show off your collection, talk about current comic books or old comic books if you want to talk about episodes of the podcast make sure you click the link in the episode description and join us on discord one other thing bub make sure you stay tuned to the very end of this episode check out the track back from the dead it was an original piece of music written and composed and performed by the very talented retcon x if you like the track make sure you check out his spotify playlist or his YouTube channel. And of course, stay tuned for further episodes of Saturday Morning Snicktoons. And uh, I'm working on finishing up that last Omega Red episode, so watch for that uh, maybe in the next week or two. And then uh, we'll be diving into our next monthly theme. And this one's going to be interesting because uh, I did get some feedback, and it sounds like there's a few of you who are interested in hearing about Wolverine's adventures outside of the Marvel universe. So I am working on uh, getting that one cooked up for you all as well until next time, bub.